This is Dubai Eye 103.8. The Everyday Entrepreneur. Stories to inspire you. And I'm delighted to be joined in the startup studio with Ian Ohan, who's the founder and CEO of Dubai headquarters Crash Brands. Now, when you think of Crash Brands, you might not be so familiar with that title, but we are talking things like Freedom Pizza, Wildflower Poke, more, and plenty of other things like Salad Jar and other things coming soon. Now, Ian, um, first of all, welcome. Thank you very much. Thank you for coming into the program. My pleasure. Um, we wanted to talk to you because rebranding is a big focus of starting up today, and we are um, in particular interested in Freedom Pizza. Many people in Dubai know exactly who you are, the campaigns that you've run. It's a brand that most of us are extremely familiar with. So let's start with the the, the journey of Freedom Pizza. So I think um, Freedom Pizza was um, really uh, the genesis um, uh, of our previous brand, which we we actually rebranded um, in around uh, sort of mid to late uh, 2015. Um, and um, uh, Freedom Pizza, over the last few years, we've established the brand within the local markets. We've also opened up uh, Wildflower Poke and more. We've opened up uh, Coco Yogo Vegan Kitchen, and we just acquired the Salad Jar. So um, uh, Freedom Pizza is our lead brand, but we have other brands that come in behind it as well. And Freedom Pizza is very easy to identify. You have very distinctive drivers, you have very distinctive packaging, and your brand message is very clear. Um, You know, you've had safety campaigns, lots of people are familiar with the work you do, but how important was it to you at the outset that you established a strong brand? Well, I think it's super important, especially in a day where people are buying everything online. So, you know, aggregation services and things, they, they tend to want to neuter brands, you know, so that the, they, it, you know, we become cafeterias rather than brand companies that have something to say and have something to contribute to the, the company, the areas that they operate in. So for us, it's super important that we uh, we create something that's well beyond our food is good, our service is good. We're very proud of those things. It has to be you know what we stand for, and we believe, and this is our our belief, is that um, if we do things the right way, that there's customers that will want to do business with us. Um, aside from the fact that we are a restaurant company. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about the fact that you rebranded. Take us back to 2015. I guess when you're a company, you're changing your name, you're maybe changing the ethos. You want to keep the people that knew you before, but you also have to reinvent yourself uh, as someone new. And that's quite a difficult balance to walk yeah, it was you know it's funny when we did it. It wasn't uh, it, it. It was something that was quite abrupt um, in, in the way that it happened. But what what was important to me, what I realized very early on, was you know who are the stakeholders that actually care about your brand because you know that we are what they believe about us. And I think sometimes people get confused between graphic design and livery and things like that, um, between that and a brand. And a brand, for me, is what you do every day. You know, it's, it's how you treat your customers, how you treat your employees, how you, uh, you know, how you contribute to the business area that you operate in. And I think those are the things that I, when, when, when we were transitioning, those are the things that I just sort of took a lot of comfort in because we were still the same people. We still did things the same way. Um, and we believed that we just needed to reattach um, those emotions and those feelings to something that looked different to what they saw previously. And I'm talking about the graphic design. So I think mm. people tend to think of brands as design, and I, I believe that brands are much more than that, but they attach their emotion to a symbol or a, you know, or, or, or a graphic of some sort. 
And what influenced the, the, the decision-making process? And you're saying it's not just about a design. Many people think of a rebrand. They think maybe a new logo, a new, a new name. But you're saying this brand, you know, is at the heart of what you do and the people you employ and the business that you run. How did you sort of come to that mindset? Well, I think um, it's just by trial and error, I think. You know, we see what our customers like. We have a very high repeat rate of business in our, in our business. And we have a very strong uh, bond and connection with our, uh, with our customers. Um, we are in this for the long term, and so it's not you know hit and hit and run. We want to have the same customers you know ten years from now, and so the the idea that you know that customers compare you know um, want something different um, you know or something more than just this is my food, this is my service. We think the white space and branding and marketing is actually sits outside of your core business. Um, because everybody says their service is great, everybody says their food is great, but you know, often those are not true. Um, and you know, we think uh, customers are cynical by nature. But if they can connect with you on uh, something else that's important to us, like sustainability, or the way we treat our drivers and our safety campaigns, or the way we um, we do things um, with with the environment, then we think that's a, a much more fruitful um, place to have that discussion and conversation. Ian, you've rebranded really successfully recently. What would you say are the top three, t- top three things to focus on when rebranding? Because there have been companies that have rebranded recently and unfortunately they've got it wrong. So what would be your top three tips to young entrepreneurs or businesses out there that are looking to rebrand and make a change? So I think the, the number one thing is uh, take care of your, your employees. So the first thing that we did is we wanted to reassure our employees because you know everyone was nervous mm. about it. I, I had a quiet confidence, um, although I was wondering, you know, everyone sort of was very concerned concerned for me, but, but I had a quiet confidence in what we were doing because I believed that it was about what we do and how we do it. So the first thing was to do is to take care of your employees and make sure that they they transition because if they believe in the brand, then they become the brand and, they, and then they can help sell that and make yeah. and give provide confidence to your customers. The second group of share, uh, stakeholders is, of course, your customers. And I think open communication with them was the most important thing. When we rebranded, I sent a, a box stopper around in communication that said, ask me personally anything. And I spent the first two weeks after the rebrand, um, basically in, in my boxer yeah. shorts, um, in front of my computer answering you know, thousands of emails. But that's a great thing because that means they, they cared. Some of them were upset. Some of them wanted to know why. Some of them you know, were supportive. Yeah. Um, but it was good to have that conversation. So an open conversation with your customers is super important. And then the third thing is to basically continue to execute the way you did so yeah assuming you were doing well to begin with yeah so so continuity yes yeah okay amazing so what else have you got in the pipeline you've got quite a few interesting brands in your portfolio what can we expect from you now so we've uh, just launched wildflower poke and more with our uh, chef justin snyder from los angeles we've got two of those open we have a third opening downtown in uh, i'll say q1 q2 next year we have a lot more freedom pizza stores coming um we have uh, uh we're we're relaunching salad jar so we acquired the salad jar mm. about a month ago we closed we closed it um, and we're reopening it on our platform in january and so you'll now be able to get salad jar across 15 locations um on demand without having to order in advance on our platform and things like that do you ever see the the relationship between freedom pizza and salad jar changing in terms of perhaps people being able to buy from from freedom pizza we, I think it's super important, and this is into you know, the branding discussion, that each of the brands has to stand on its own. Um, they both rely on the same you know, value stack, you know, which we've sort of talked about, about what it's important to us as a company. They, they all rely on uh, our, our technology. So I have another company called Big Dwarf, which produces all of our digital offerings and our online ordering. 
and then we have our delivery fleet. So and so we've rebranded our delivery fleet and our technology is powered by Freedom. So that supports okay. all the brands. So the idea is, but it, it's super important is that each of these brands uh, stands alone, but has that common thread. So people, we want them to understand that the what knits them together is our ethos and how we do things um, and our technology and our delivery. Um, but the, each brand has its own personality and its own customer base. Yeah. Earlier on in the program, we were talking to Nicola Welsh, who is from Sarood Hospitality, and that was that was a big deal for, for for the group there. They were Jamira Restaurant Group, and they rebranded to, to Sarood Hospitality. And basically, that was a decision supporting everything that you're saying in terms of okay, we're one big company, but in order for these brands to thrive successfully on their own, they need to have an identity. Now, you, you mentioned one of the companies, the tech company Big Dwarf. Yes. Now, where where does that come from? Because the name or every, the uh, <laughs> every, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm actually regretting the name, but it's <laughs> it's stuck now. So, <laughs> but, I mean, they're all you know a brand in many ways. When you name a company, you know the question is is that is invited. So, where is Big Dwarf? What was the so Big Dwarf? Uh, I mean, the, the reason we called it Big Dwarf is um, probably for all, a lot of the wrong reasons. But the idea was that uh, you know with a very little, you could be quite small and make a big impact because it's a digital company, right? So, okay. Um, so you could be quite powerful by being little. Um, and so we have a full company um, in, uh, in based in Budapest. We've got a team of developers, wow. and they only work for us. And they they're constantly developing and innovating on our platform. So our platform changes, you know, daily, um, and that platform supports our business. So what's exciting about that um, is that you know I'm the CEO of both companies, so we are iterating in real time. So using an example, if Domino's want to you know put a, a tech change through globally. They have thirteen thousand restaurants in I don't know take. how many countries. So you know that's a very daunting task for us. We can we can iterate, learn, and move on very quickly. And so Big Dwarf is a very very integrated into. You keep laughing, but it, it, yeah, no, I, I think <laughs> if anyone has any better brand names for uh, for the company, but it does raise an eyebrow, which is good. But it's a it's a clever way for us to you know our business is very digital. We're delivery based, um, uh, but it, it allows us to try and provide a very sublime, convenient experience to our customers, and that should be a given from any of our brands. Um, I, I want to go back again. I know we keep revisiting Freedom Pizza, but that is at the heart of what we're talking about today, branding. And I guess when you make a decision to rebrand, there are a variety of different reasons why it happens. But once it does happen, are you sat there with a blank sheet of paper sort of saying, okay, so this is where we were. This is who we are this is where we're going and this is where we want to be. I mean, where do you begin to start? Yeah, so it's a great question. And uh, it was actually the the first thing as soon as we made this, you know, the formal decision to do this, the first question was, okay, so I need a new brand, right? Uh, you know, the graphic design and delivery and and. What the first thing was that it was very important to me that it was a lifestyle-related brand and it was something that people could relate to, you know, in different ways. Um and the first person I called was actually one of the original founders of our previous company, who was the probably the best brand guy I've ever met. And I said, Rabia, you know, I called him. I said, this is what's happened. And he said, well, what are you going to do now? And I said, well, I need a new brand. And he said, uh, well, what are you going to do? And I said, and he said, well, do you want me to come out? So he flew out to Dubai, and I know him quite well. Spent We spent two weeks together. We came up with probably about 200 different possible brands. We, you know, I, I own more domain names than you know, <laughs> the pizza space than probably <laughs> most. But um, what it came down to in the end, and we had a lot of great brand ideas, but what it came down to into the end, and Robbie looked at me and he said, Ian, at the end of the day, you know, it has to be 
to be something that's meaningful to you, and you know, it, and that's something that 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 has you know real meaning to you. So it's not just for the business. So um, the idea of freedom was born because uh, it was at the time my uh, daughter was had just been born, um, and I saw in my children and my son as well. But as I saw in my children the sense of freedom that as an adult that you know I think most adults trying to sort of start to we lose it we don't lose we? it yeah and For I sure. and the idea was you know so when I looked at my children it was a reminder to me of that that feeling and and and, and it means different things you know there's certain times in my life where I feel truly free but it's quite rare and but it's important you know because I think it's on, it's in our human nature to want to feel that way so freedom became very attractive because it was this idea that means different things to different people it was very emotive um, and you know there was a lot of uh, a lot of way a lot of places to go with it it was a it had some depth to it that that we could play with. I mean, I had a quick look at your website before I um, came on in. It kind of is exactly what you're talking about. You're seeing um, a couple of guys run and leap off into the, you know, into a lake somewhere. It looks beautiful. But it's that sense of freedom that you're talking about, that lack of inhibitions, that, you know, going out and exploring. And I guess once you had that as an idea, the other things are a little easier to slot into. Yeah, the rest, of, the rest is design. And, you know, and we're going to, you know, that can t- continue to evolve. But the, it was the core idea and then the name that was super important and the way in which we presented it. So the, the, what you're looking at is, is, is sort of a graphic depiction. We wanted to uh, evoke emotion. You know, and some people would, you know, might say, "Well, there's no pizza on your website, you know, when you're on your, you know, when you're on the landing pages." But, but that's that's not that's the point. Is that this is we want to be much more. We want to be a lifestyle company. Um, so, Ian, talk to us about multi-kitchen. So, essentially, you've got one kitchen, many brands, many varying products. So, this is a relatively new concept, but arguably mushrooming. What was your inspiration and how do you find the management of it? Like, it's hard enough to manage one brand in one kitchen, but... Uh, this multiple brand with varying products in one kitchen. What's the secret to your success? So it's what well, it's just hard. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's yeah. it. So, no, but it's 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 also care, right? You know, so we we all love the brand. Like all everyone in our company loves the brands that we're involved with. They're all healthier. You know, they all have an ethos or something. Yeah. There's a there there to them that makes them interesting. So we're not selling you know you know uh, bolts or something. Of you know, course. it's something that we care about. Um, the what, what's different. Our operations platform is quite strong, so you know that's our core business. You know we're an operating company. Our tech company uh, is very, you know, it's very integral to the brands as well because it, it helps in the way that we communicate and, and you know um, uh, speak with our our customers. Um, and we have a whole team, a very strong internal team. We've basically organized ourselves as a almost a PR company slash agency. We have graphic designers, we have tech designers, UI UX people, uh, we have brand people, we have catering people, we have chefs. So the, the the idea is to create content around each one of these brands. And we're actually I, I should probably shouldn't announce it, but the guys in the office are going to yell at me. But we're actually we're actually we're setting up our. We got a pretty cool office, like we all kind of like. And what we're going to do is set it up as Crush Studios, and nice. we're going to start to. But basically, we bought a bunch of equipment, and that's kind of where the plan ended. And we want to create a bunch of content in our offices. So. Okay, <laughs> so Crush TV coming Crush to TV you, coming, coming soon, to yeah. a channel to, near you soon. Um, one of the things I wanted to talk to you about when we talk about branding, obviously, the name of a company is important. We've we've talked about that. The move for you to to have this umbrella um, company. So move reflected in some of the big players in the world. We've seen it 
it with um, Google, we've seen it with Apple, we've seen it with Facebook. And they want to show people, yes, this other, you know, WhatsApp by Facebook now is is um, so synonymous. And when you used to look at it, it would be a very separate entity, but they are keen to, to, to sort of say, yes, it's a different brand, but we are also part of one family. How important is it for you then, Ian, that you build this kind of understanding that people have an umbrella, but yet your brand sit independently underneath it? It's 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 very integral to our business model because the the core value stack stays the same for all of them. We have to, you know, we're about health, convenience, um, you know, uh, environmental sustainability. You know, we're treating people in our communities well and doing good for our communities. That has to run across all of our brands because if if we establish that and we're true to that, then we get uh, immediate um, credibility in for all of our brands, and we have new brands coming as well. So that gives us the credibility that uh, will make you more likely to try one of our new brands. That's what we believe, and so that that's it's super important. But each brand still has to have its own look, feel, um, you know. But but we still want them, their customers, have the confidence that they're doing business with the same type of company and people. And let's look a little bit closer at perhaps what separates you from your competitors. Um, if you think about some of the, you know, multinational um, pizza brands, people are familiar with them from their home countries. They come to the UAE and this is you're a new brand that people are having to discover, decide whether they like, decide if they want to try. Um, one of the things that you guys seem to do particularly well is be um, your menu. You're quite clear on where the produce comes from um, and what you believe in and what you supply and do you think that's been helpful in winning over some of those new hearts and minds I, I'm, it's a hundred percent because again you know like we have a huge vegan offering uh, we were you know we have a huge you know we do cauliflower crust vegan you know um, everything you can uh, imagine you know one of our concepts is all vegan we, we think it's super important that we can connect with different people. I think everyone is what I call aspirationally healthy. There's probably nobody in this room <laughs> that, that wants to, you know, says I'd rather be less healthy. So everyone wants to be healthy, but they also want convenience. And I think um, those are the, you know, those are the things that connect uh, our brands together. And uh, it, it's super important in what we do. And talk to me about your safety campaigns, because I think that's something when I first moved to Dubai, I noticed your drivers in comparison to other drivers. They have a different uniform. They have different helmets. And it was such a powerful advert that you guys produced. And I think it had impact. People really can relate to every single driver being a son, being a father, being a husband. And I think that has been part of your success too. Yeah, that was, and again, that's just something that we were doing anyway. I'm a bike rider, um, <laughs> so I, I, I sort of, you know, I understand. You know, riding a motorbike is a is an inherently dangerous activity. Um, the majority of our, you know, 65% of our employees are drivers, um, and we've trained them very well. We were, we always did this, um, but it reached a point where I really wanted to double down on it and be, make it absolutely clear, you know, uh, to our drivers. So we did, we did third party training, and we actually created driver training programs with tr- with training companies we um we uh, imported equipment all sorts of you know basically i took all the equipment that i have mm. and i i basically said we, we got to match all of this level of equipment because if i won't wear it then i can't expect my drivers to, you know to wear it um you know dot approved helmets i mean they have pads everywhere you know at armor uh, throughout their uniforms so we basically built their uniforms based on what on the gear that i use which is the gear that gives you the best chance of survival mm. um 
we made sure the bikes are up to date, they're um, safe, secure, we trained them, but then we wanted our customers, you know, riding on a motorbike in Dubai in particularly is particularly uh, dangerous, but we wanted, uh, we wanted other people to realize that these people, you know, they should respect them on the road and be careful of their lives because they have people that depend on them. And that was the way that we did that. And, and so that was sort of taking the program 360. What, did, what was the driver's response to, uh, to the... So this is the most interesting part, actually, is the drivers, you know, I used to force them to wear the <laughs> safety gear <laughs> when I first started. And I gave them all the safety gear, and a lot of them would come back and you know, you know. They, I don't they, need this. Some yeah. of the, well, not even that. Some of them actually got doctor's notes, and they would say that they can't wear them because it was giving them a rash or something like that. So, <laughs> no, it was literally like that. So uh, then I got pretty serious about it. But what what I think they realized, and they enjoyed this part, is they realized that they were being treated differently. They realized why we were doing this, and they realized the importance of it, especially when they got the attention. And they, and they also felt very proud. I think mm. that we were, and, and it was it was an acknowledgement of what they do on a daily basis that is inherently dangerous you know so I think it was it really acknowledged that and I think they were very appreciative um, and I think they're proud to you know to don that equipment and drive safely brand ambassadors almost it's like we've gone full circle yeah and, they're, and our, <laughs> we're super proud of all of our drivers and the way they are you know the way they do things and you know I'd, I see them on the road and I I I might be biased but I think they're genuinely uh, safer drivers than uh, almost every other outfit out there and I guess, um, you know, the other side of that is what's the customer response been like? What's the feedback from people ordering from you? Yeah, so, I mean, I, we had people, I mean, on that particular campaign, we had an incredible outpouring from, you know, actually around the world. And, um, but people, you know, we had a lot of people that would say, you know, I've never ordered from you before, but I'm going to, you know. Mm-hmm. And we had people taking pictures with our drivers and their helmets and things like that. So, I, you know, again, it made the staff feel good. The, the, and I think, Look, we're not doing anything that we shouldn't be doing as a company, but there's a lot of companies that aren't doing that. Um, and we, our accident rate has dropped by around 65% since we launched that campaign. Wow. Um, and we haven't had a serious, uh, since it was two, three years ago, four years ago, we haven't had a serious injury. You know, we've had a few little, but we haven't had a serious injury uh, since that time. That's amazing. I mean, honestly, that's uh, that's there's something quite beautiful and incredible about that. And I don't know. From from me, I just want to, I guess, congratulate everyone at Team Freedom for taking um, t- taking the welfare and safety of their employees so seriously. So good job. Thank you so much <laughs> for that. We really appreciate that. And uh, yeah, no, it's something that I mean, you won't even find our drivers uh, if we if there's inclement weather, we we shut down we delivery, which yeah, which actually costs us yeah. a lot of money. But <laughs> but it's not worth you know somebody's life for you know a few hours of uh, downtime. So. And do you think that that doing interviews like this and 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 talking to people helps to show that you're putting your money where your mouth is it's not just you saying we're freedom and we care you're actually showing that you're doing and not just saying it 100 percent, authenticity is super important and i think sometimes people think it's a great marketing idea and look it is it, it if but you know i you know so you could say well why do you do this you know we could do choose anything you know but these are the things that we care about sustainability our, our the, the way we treat our employees the, you know the diversity within our workforce um you know and the way we interact with our customers these are the things that are important to us as a company um but we we also we think it's important to share that message with others so other people can do it as well. When we did the uh, stop sucking campaign, which was the Adrian Grenier mm. um, campaign where we removed straws, straws. Um, we had fifty five. Uh, we challenged our industry peers to do the same, and we had fifty five other companies uh, follow us. And Adrian was actually in our offices two weeks ago. Wow. Yeah, which is super cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Thanks pe- for the invite. Yeah, yeah well, <laughs> <laughs> No, we spent the day. Well, no, we were with Chris Fade in the morning. Sorry, but <laughs> um, and then uh, yeah, he, he, we had a we hosted a sustainability roundtable with the Dubai 
government and Adrian Grenier and his all his people, and we we talked about sustainability and the things that are happening in Dubai and and and, and what's happening globally. So that was pretty cool. And just before we let you go, we have been talking a lot about brands. We've kind of focused in on Freedom Pizza, but what is next for Crush Brands as a whole? You said lots more things to come. So give us a flavor of what 2020 might bring. So 2020, uh, if I uh, have my wish list, is to uh, open up all the stores that we have in the pipeline um, and and really get the brands humming. Um, we've got is Crush Studios is kind of out there, so we'll see how that works out. That might be you put it into the universe. That, now. I put it as a big question mark, but we're going to give it a go. Um, so look out for it, and then um, we're looking to do uh, international expansion. So, so we're very keen on launching these clusters in the UK, and uh, we like Northern Europe as well a lot. So. Well, best of luck. Big plans. Thank you um, so much. Big Dwarf could make it happen. Let's see. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much to our guest. Ian Ohan is the founder and CEO of Dubai-based Crash Brands, but could be coming to a space or place near you very soon. Thank you so much for joining Thank us. Thank you for having me. This is Dubai I 103.8.